All right. Well, what about the video? That was pretty awesome. That was some of the that was some of the great evangelists of our time, and some very powerful quotes. and And uh, evangelism is what I want to talk about today. And I actually titled this "Power in Evangelism." And I think for for most of us, when we talk about evangelism, or you hear that term evangelist or evangelism, we think of the the maybe off the wall gentleman that stands on the street corner chanting scriptures or this, that, or another. And there, there is, that is actually evangelism, all right? That's street evangelism. And in um, and, and that, some people are called to do that. And that's okay. And I think as, a, as Christians, we need to be slow to judge somebody for how they share the gospel. Because too often in today's society, we walk by and we see this person, and then we want to condemn them because it may seem a little outlandish for, to us. And that's dangerous, you see, because we're all made different. What is it I tell you guys? You guys are created with a purpose. You are created the way that God created you to impact a certain group of people. Well, see, that person that we see on the street corner chanting scriptures, that's what God's telling them to do. As long as everything's lining up with the Word of God, we don't need to be judging them for that. Because, look, it's not a matter of whether they gain 100 people, 1,000 people, as long as they get one, and as long as they're being obedient to God. You see, when we start judging and questioning how people promote the gospel, if you think about it, we're putting ourselves at the same level as God himself, because who's to say what God can or can't do? He's the creator of all of us, right? Amen. Just a note, just a note. All right, power and evangelism. Have you ever thought about what it means to evangelize? Huh? See, too often we, we think about evangelism just being the street guy and the, the guy on the street, and we don't want to be that person or we don't want people to talk about us, so we, uh, so we avoid evangelism altogether. But you see, that is a very, very vital component to sharing the gospel, spreading the, the, the good news of Jesus Christ. So we need to remind ourselves what it means to evangelize. So look with me at Matthew 28, 18, and 20. Now, I think we all know this. This is where Jesus gives us the Great Commission. This is what we're told to do. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey, obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of age. So, that's the Great Commission. This is what Jesus told all of us to do. So who is he telling this to? Every believer, all right? Every disciple, every born-again Christian, this is the Great Commission. This is what we're commanded to do. But in order to go and make disciples, then we have to be prepared to evangelize, all right? We have to be prepared to evangelize. And I was reminded when I was putting this together of a, a pastor, he was in Orlando, and he was down there, and he's going for a, to a minister's conference. And he needed to, of course, needed a ride to the, to the hotel where the conference was. And the taxi driver picks him up, and, and, and they're talking. And the taxi driver just assumes he's going to Disney World. He's in Orlando. But once he finds out that he's going to a minister's conference, the, the conversation changes, you know. So it goes to more of a biblical conversation. And the driver told him, he said, evangelism is what changed my life. So the pastor's sitting in the back, and he's thinking, okay, all right, he's going to share a testimony about how somebody evangelized to him, shared a great testimony, and how his, his uh, remarkable way of coming to Christ. But that wasn't what the driver was talking about. 
That wasn't what he meant. The driver said, learning to share my faith brought so many important issues into focus. It has made me work through things I had never thought about before. And boy, after you lead someone to Christ, you never forget it. And it's like you can't stop. There's nothing like it. And that is so true. I mean, there was a lot of power in just what he was evangelizing right there and didn't even realize it. But there is so powerful a moment as when you sit down face to face and you share that gospel with someone and you're sharing the hope and the healing that comes from choosing Christ and you see their face, you see their demeanor. For a minute it goes to to almost sadness because their heart's broken for the sin that they've committed and the problems they've gone through and created in their life. But it doesn't stay there because the more you talk about Jesus and the more you talk about the promises that come from His Word and choosing Him, then their demeanor starts to change. And while you're doing this, you you can see it all unfold right before your eyes. And they go from the tears. And then you see as the life starts coming back into them. And then you start seeing as the hope starts coming back into them. And, then, and at the end of the conversation, you can see them. They went from tears to joy. And they went from a life of death and destruction to now having a life of eternal life in heaven. I mean, it's fabulous. There's nothing greater. And I, won't, I, I wouldn't dare ask for a show of hands for anybody that hasn't, has or hasn't brought someone to Christ or evangelized and shared the gospel with someone. But I'm going to tell you, if you hadn't and you like adrenaline, man, it's fabulous. It's fantastic. I love it. There's nothing I love more than doing that. It is so, and it's very important. It's very much a part of the church. Amen. So we all should be asking ourselves, are we ready for evangelism to change our lives? You should ask yourself that because it will change your life. And listen, you're going to have to cultivate. You know, we talk about, I talk about how you've got to cultivate attitudes. You've got to create the correct attitudes in your life. Well, this is one of them. You're going to have to make yourself learn to do this. All right? It doesn't just naturally happen. It's easier for some than it is for others. But in order to follow Jesus' command and go make disciples... We must be ready to speak God's word right out of our mouth. All right? That's where it starts. Don't just think that you've got to be an evangelist. Travel the world and that it's just the evangelist's job like Billy Graham to be up on this stage. All right? That, there's a place for that also. But see, we're all created to play a part. We're all created. And it will change your life. Let me tell you that. It will change your life. And don't just think of it as... as Let me put it this way. Too often we limit ourselves because we can't see ourselves teaching or sharing the gospel. Listen, don't think too little of yourself. My gosh, you are a son and daughter of Christ, all right? And he created you the way you are. Your brother may tell you you're goofy. Well, you know what? God created you goofy because you can impact certain people the way you are. You don't have to change the way who you are to impact the community for God. You be who you are. Now, I'm not saying you stay in some sin. If you've got to make some adjustments, you make those adjustments. But you don't change who you are. Because let me tell you something. God created you with a purpose. Amen. And you need to get a, get a revelation of that. See yourself preaching. See yourself teaching the Word. See yourself bringing people to Christ. Evangelism has a place in every believer's life because in order for a person to hear the good news, someone has to speak the good news from their mouth. Now, let me just really get you thinking today. Let me ask you this. 
Have you ever wondered what it is that God's interested in? Hmm? That's a good question. It's a good question. Look with me at 2 Corinthians 5.20. 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. All right, so he's telling us right there, we are ambassadors for Christ. Each and every born-again believer, you are an ambassador for Christ. All right? Well, in order to be an ambassador for someone, you first got to fully understand their interest. You got to fully understand that person, right? So an ambassador is a person that represents and promotes the interest of the one he represents. So what is God interested in? So in order for us to be an ambassador, which the scripture clearly says that we are, God's interest and our interest should be the same. So what's he interested in? It's a good question. What's he interested in? Colossians 3, 2 says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So we're to keep our mind on the things of God and his interest and not on what we're just interested in. So let me tell you, the number one interest of God The number one, the reason Jesus came to this earth, the reason scriptures came to life, the number one interest is the lost. Everybody say the lost. That's right. God is interested in the lost. And if God is interested in the lost and we are ambassadors for Christ, now our interest should be the lost. Amen? It should be. It should be. I mean, he's written an entire book that talks about just how interested he is in the lost. And that is the Bible itself. Amen? So, this is something you're going to have to, you're going to make, have to make a conscious choice to make yourself pursue. Right? Because we, we, live, in a, we live in a chaotic world. We do. If you look at the, the craziness, that goes, craziness that goes on, the struggles we all have, and, you know, and too often, we can never get beyond that. We stay in survival mode, which means we're constantly battling this, constantly battling that. So many struggles here. And when we're, all of our focus stays right there, we can never, we, or we don't never push ourselves to pursue the lost because we're just focused on surviving. We're focused on just, just making it through life. But listen, there's more to it. God's got more for you than that. Amen? He does. So you've got to make a choice. And sometimes you've got to push yourself. When it does, you're not real, feeling real comfortable to go after the things of God today, well, you know what? You step out anyway. You step out in faith and allow God to meet you and bring you through it. I mean, you've got to get a true revelation of the fact that God has called you to do this. All of us to do this. You can do it. And so you're not doing it in your own strength. You're doing it by faith and allowing God to, when you step out in faith, allowing him to meet you where you are and empower you to do it. He's just looking for willing and obedient vessels. And that's you and I. Amen. Learn to have confidence. That's why I always tell you guys, be bold. Be bold in who you are in Christ. My goodness, you're a son or daughter of God. There is nothing greater than that. I don't care how many companies you own or how much money you have in the bank or what your position is at your job. There is nothing greater than being a son or a daughter of Christ himself. Amen.
There's not. You, so you need to, that needs to get, uh, you need to get a revelation of that on the inside of you and have that boldness about you and that confidence so that you can step out and evangelize however God leads you. Amen? It's very important. Every disciple should be evangelizing. Now, I'm not telling any, I'm not saying uh, that all of you are called to travel and preach, you know, you know those the evangelists are great, and they're fantastic. I think everybody would agree. Stephen Decker there is our, he's our local evangelist. I mean, Stephen can get up here and pump up a, he could get a group of bricks sitting here excited about the things of Jesus when he starts talking to them. But he's gifted at that. But I'm not saying everybody is gifted that way. Evangelize in who you are and how God made you. That's why he made you the way you are. Isn't that cool? So as you see, I can look at myself and say, man, I'm kind of goofy and weird, man. But that's okay, because God made me this way because I can affect and impact people that I know who relate to me because I'm goofy and weird, all right? And I can convince them and talk to them and share the gospel to them because they'll listen to me. And he'll do the same for you, the same for you. Too often we get hung up on trying to change who we are to, to make other people happy, all right? Listen, don't you be who God made you. Be who God made you. Amen. Now... Another a danger of uh, evangelism today, or, or let me put it this way, too often we think of discipleship and evangelism as two separate parts of our Christian life, all right? And, you know, we talk about discipleship here at Compass Church. It's right there in our vision, right there on the wall outside the doors. And it's very important, very important. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of churches are actually going back to understanding how we missed, that we went through a phase where the church, church in general didn't do as much discipling as they should all right well they're going back to that now but the dangerous thing is is they're leaving out evangelism you see too many people don't want to be seen as the evangelist the the one that goes out there and that makes the difference all right they're, because they don't they're, they're they don't want to to feel like people are going to talk bad about them or persecute them for being for speaking boldly about the things of god but you know what when we look as discipleship as necessary and evangelism is optional, it will not work. You cannot make disciples if you're not evangelizing, if you're not spreading the gospel with the words of your mouth, if, you can't, if you're not intentionally making yourself talk to people about the things of God as God leads you. Amen. All right. We're all called to evangelize in some capacity, in some way. So you, you all have the same, a realm of influence, right? And that's where you're called to do the most work. Now, God made you the way that he made you. You know, this is why we have so many different churches. People always ask all the time, why, why are there so many different churches? And if you really study church history and you study church you know, doctrines, most of our churches were not doctrinally different. There are a few things, that, but for the most part, most churches are te- they're teaching Jesus, right? And and, and 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 they're teaching you know salvation and and most church separations or church splits or church differences come 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 from just people believing different things. Like some people believe in healing and some people don't. Some churches don't believe in that. Well, you're going to go to one particular church instead of another if you, if you believe that way. And, and you know, that, that's, but you see, that's why God created so many churches is because we all have our own flavor. 
We're all called to a certain group of people. We're all called. And it's the same for you. You were created the way that God made you to reach a specific group. So let me ask you this. Are you interested in what God's interested in? All right? You're an ambassador for Christ. Each and every one of us are. So we need to make God's interest our interest, which is the lost. And then be quick to evangelize to them as God leads us. And remember this. When you, when you create this attitude and you start evangelizing as God leads you, you keep the gospel first in your life. It becomes your central focus. It does, because you're, you're, because you're, you're choosing to do this on a daily basis. Because you're, and so in order to do that, you're keeping the scriptures right in front of you. You're keeping the knowledge of what you have, of what you've learned from the word of God right in front of you. Right? Very important. And so that's one benefit of, of choosing to evangelize on a daily basis. You see, too often people choose to evangelize maybe once a year. And, and, and listen, this is not to condemn anybody, but too often Christians live a life of where they wanna, they're kind of either half in for God and half in for the things of the world. And so you need to be all in for the things of God. Right? You got to make that choice. Make that choice because in, in, when you choose to evangelize, you keep the gospel on the forefront. And listen, we know we have a devil out there that will do anything. And not just the devil, we have our flesh. See, if we chase after the things of our flesh, we're chasing after things that just make us comfortable. And a lot of times that leads to death and destruction and sin. But all of that's there. The devil will do all of that to keep your focus off the gospel. But when you intentionally push yourself to evangelize on a daily basis, you're putting it right back up there, right back up there, so you can see it day after day after day. And D.A. Carson, he was a, he was a Canadian, and he was a, mainly a New Testament theologian. He put it like this. He said, one way to preserve the gospel in our hearts is by working hard to pass it on to others. Evangelism helps us maintain the gospel message as the engine of a growing life in Christ. And that's so true. That's so true. And it, and it not only keeps the scriptures, it keeps the gospel on the forefront in front of you, but it keeps you sharp. When you choose and you press in to evangelize, it keeps you sharp on what you know from, or what you've learned. See, if you don't use what you learn over a certain period of time, what happens? You lose it. Right? So when you choose and you're making yourself to evangelize as God leads you, whatever, you're keeping the gospel in front of you. You're keeping what you've learned in the forefront right in front of you. It keeps you sharp. Because let me tell you something. When you start sharing the gospel with non-Christians, you're going to be challenged. You're going to be challenged. All right? So when I tell you all the time, you need to know what you know and why you know it. All right? And what you believe and why you believe it. Because you're going to be challenged. And when you are sharing the gospel, Christians are going to ask you some tough questions sometimes. And let me say this on that note. If you're ever sharing the gospel and you just don't not really clear on an answer, don't ever feel like you've got to come up with an answer. All right? That's very dangerous. Because a lot of times people feel that pressure and they feel like they've got to say something. All right? But you just, the best thing to do is to be honest. You tell them, I don't have that answer, but I will get that answer. You get an email, you get a phone number, if you work with them, and you call me, and we'll get you an answer to that question. But it's better to do that than it is to try to just make something up, all right? And then they come out, and they find out that you lied to them. Now, what happens? Now, I'm not going to listen to these Christians. They just lie to you, all right? 
So don't ever, don't ever feel that pressure and then react to it. Amen? Now, look with me at Philemon 1.6. It says, And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith and you, as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Now, knowing something and explaining it to someone who doesn't understand it are two different things. But remember this, it gets easier the more you do it. All right? And the more sensitive you get to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and then he, begins to, he will begin to give you utterance to speak in whatever situation. So, keep in mind, the more you learn to evangelize, it will grow your love for God and the lost. It will, because it becomes a priority to you. It becomes a very much needed priority for you, right? And it's so hard to explain until you actually sit down with somebody and you share the gospel with them and you see them go through this process of, of sadness all the way into joy. It's hard to explain. But once you do it, and you get a, when you get a hold of it and you start doing it, oh, it'll change your life. You'll change your life. It always reminds me whenever I do it of just how powerful and how, how, how holy or just the mercy of God, how merciful a God that we serve. It's so, so much fun. So much fun. Now, evangelism will also grow your faith. So when you get hit with all those hard questions and all of that, you go to God and you pray and you ask Him. And so you're growing your faith and you know that He's going to always show Himself true to you. Amen? Now, one aspect of evangelism that is really bad, and it's, and it's very common in today's, in today's world, and that is the fact that we assume, we just assume, that everyone around us is saved. Oh, and that's so dangerous. So dangerous. See, when you, when you create an attitude that you're going to go out there and you're going to share the gospel and you're going to preach or you're going to preach or talk or however you do it, when you create that attitude that you're going to go after there and you're going to, you're going to do it regardless, you don't care, then you're not assuming. You know, and you may end up preaching or talking to the gospel to somebody two or three times. But that's okay because you don't ever know what that person's going through. You don't ever know where they've been. You don't ever know who has messed up and may need to come back to Christ. You just be quick to, as God leads you, to share the gospel. Because it's so dangerous just to assume and it's one of the biggest dangers in church today is we assume that everyone sitting around us is saved. And, you know, you, you see this even in church. Just because somebody says they're a Christian, sometimes we make mistakes, right? And sometimes we need to hear the good news again. And sometimes we need to come back to the things of God, all right? And you even see it with people that are even, even claim to be Christians or even a part of the activities that the churches do. So, what am I saying about all that? Learn to make sharing the gospel a part of your everyday conversation. Don't just assume. Because see, what do we do as people when we, we have struggles at home? Well, when we go out in public, what do we do? We, 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 put, on a for, we put on a mask. We put on a, 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 a front. Because we want everybody to think that we've got it all together. You know, we've got the big house, the four cars, and I may be... I may be financed to the gills and I'm doing all I can do to pay for all that, but when I walk in the store or the restaurant, I'm smiling and I'm happy. All right? So people don't ever really see the real you. All right? So we need to be quick and willing to talk about the things of God, however God leads us, no matter what. 
And I use this, I want to use this illustration. Mark 4, 3 and 8. And this is kind of a strange way to use this parable, but I'm going to use it anyway. It says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun and soon it didn't have deep roots and it died. Other seed fell among thorns and it grew up and choked out tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they sprouted, grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 of them, and much as had been planted. Now, that sower spread that seed with no consideration where it fell. Didn't care. Didn't care one bit. Just everywhere. That's how we need to be about sharing the gospel. You see, too often we don't want to share or we hold back from sharing because we don't want to offend anybody. They may not believe the way that I believe. Listen, we're called to share the gospel to them anyway. And I hate to tell you this, but the scriptures are full of of reminders that we will receive persecution at some point or another for the things that we believe about Christ. And you have to be ready. That's why I tell you to have confidence and have boldness and have a revelation of understanding who you are. So that's going to make you stronger so that when the persecution comes... Now, I'm not telling you've got to get out there and get in a fist fight with them over it. You don't even have to get into a debate with them about it. But when you share the gospel and the persecution comes, uh, your job is simply to share it. They have to choose what to do with it when you share And at some point, and I've done this many times, you just have to simply say, well, we have to agree to disagree and let's still be friends. And it breaks my heart when that happens. But that's their choice. That's their choice. And we need to be quick to spread spread the gospel everywhere and don't worry about offending somebody. You see, we get too calm. when you get hung up in, in that, you're operating in a spirit of fear. And God didn't give us a spirit of fear, did he? No, he did not. Just plant the seed and allow God to do the rest. And do the rest. And listen, unfortunately, persecution is going to come. Persecution is going to come. But look at Romans 5, 3 and 5. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengths strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Persecution for our willingness to share the gospel will deepen our faith. It will. It will deepen your faith. It will grow you. It will make you stronger. So don't ever let that stop you from sharing the gospel. Be bold. Be bold. Now, Remember, the Great Commission was given to all of us, right? All right? So, and I'm just going to touch on this. It's very important that as we make disciples, and we're discipling people, that we leave, lead the right example in front of them. All right? New believers are going to learn from watching you, watching whoever is, is discipling them or whoever, whoever shared the gospel to them. So they're going to watch you. So what do I mean by that? All right, parents, teachers, youth pastors, pastors, all right, all of us. When you disciple someone or share the gospel to someone, those people underneath you need to continue to see you sharing the gospel. 
youth leaders, your youth need to see you sharing the gospel. All right? I share the gospel all that I can. Parents, you need to be sharing the gospel. Allow your children to see you sharing the gospel. It's so much easier when they grow up in an environment where they see mom and dad sharing the things of God, being bold about the things of God. And see, when they, what happens is they see that and they learn from that and they grow up in that environment. And now it's just natural. It's a natural reaction for them. They don't have to make themselves learn something new. Amen? So it's very, very important that we set the right example before them. Now, really quick, I want to give you the five W's in evangelism. And I want you to write these down. You guys had not had a list in a while, so I threw this one in there. It's really short, though. So, number one is what? What is evangelism? Well, simply put, it's preaching the message about Jesus to unbelievers so they may believe in him and be saved. That's the goal, right? So, number two is who? Who should evangelize? Well, all of us. All disciples, all, new, all believers should be evangelizing. Everybody. The command was give to, given to all of us. Now, who should you evangelize to? Who's God interested in? The lost. Right? So, where the lost? Everyone. Everyone that's lost. Now, number three. When should you evangelize? And that's kind of self-explanatory. Anytime the opportunity presents itself, be quick to share the things of God. It can be a testimony. It can be something He's done in your life. And listen, if you all, everybody in this room, if we closed our eyes and we thought for a moment, there is something that God brought you through. That's a testimony. Share that testimony. You will not believe how many times people have come to Christ just from hearing a simple testimony. All right? So be... Be, you should keep up with your testimonies. That's why I tell you guys, keep a journal. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. So, you're going to evangelize whenever the opportunity presents itself. As a matter of fact, we should just follow Jesus' example. And if you study Jesus' life when he was here on the earth, Jesus was known for preaching half of his time just in the streets and just preaching to strangers. Because why? He knew God wanted to save the lost. So he went after them. And we are to follow that example. Follow that example. Number four, where? Well, wherever the lost are at. Go after them, find them, get them. Now, the last one, and this is, this is really important, is why. Why should we evangelize? Well, number one, it's a command, right? It's the great command given to all of us. And we're to follow Jesus' example. But the most important reason we should evangelize, and this may scare some people, but I'm going to tell you, hell is real. All right? People, it's amazing how many people don't believe that hell is real. It's real. It's a place of infinite suffering for anyone who chooses to not choose Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen. So that's why we evangelize. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. And how are they going to accept Christ if we don't evangelize? So, as I close, I want to encourage you. This week, I want you to make God's interest your interest. All right? The laws. Choose. Make a choice. Remember, it's a choice when you get up. Make a choice. Make it a priority to go after the laws. All right?
And don't worry about offending somebody. And don't worry about persecution comes, because it's probably going to come to some of you. But that's okay. Stronger is the one on you than stronger is he in the world. Amen? But, remember this. Everybody sitting here was lost at some point. Everybody was. Everybody. I can still remember the day that someone evangelized to me. But thanks to somebody evangelizing to all of us at some point, we have eternal life in heaven. I mean, that's, that's why we do it. It's why we do what we do. Amen. Now I want to encourage you to take that gift to somebody this week. Now I want to read you something really quick that Michelle gave to me. I don't have social media on any of my devices. But most of you know that Austin, my son Austin, is at, he and, he and my other two daughters are at Rama Bible College, where I graduated in 2008, and he posted this on Instagram, and it's so cool how God works, because I was putting this message together, and evangelism was on my heart all week long, I was putting it together, and I shared with her on Friday what it was, so she could, she could get the slides and all ready for the for the screen and this, that, and another. And she said, well, let me show you something that Austin wrote. And she said, I think you're going to enjoy it. So I'm going to read it to you. He wrote this on Instagram. Some of, him, some of you may have already seen this. It says, some revelation I got in class Tuesday from Luke 15. He says, heaven is the true home for all people. Terrorists, murderers, prostitutes, drinkers, drug addicts, homeless people, liars, cheaters, lukewarm people, etc. But God wants them all to come home. Luke 15 is the only example of Jesus telling three parables in a row about the same thing, and it's about the lost. <laughs> God rejoices when we turn back to Him. He isn't interested in our excuses, our laments, our past. All He is interested in is that we were lost, but now we're found. Heaven rejoices when a person turns to God. We, we prepare our apologies. We prepare our speeches to God about how sorry we are and how we'll try to do better. But He isn't even paying attention to that. All it takes is for us to take a half turn to God and then He snatches us up into His embrace. He is searching and reaching and yearning for opportunities to be reconciled with us. The entire Bible is God's relentless pursuit of us. The, it, oh man, that's awesome. His character is to love and protect and to care for us, not to condemn or to remember sin. Hope this blesses you this morning. That was pretty amazing. You know, Austin, all my kids are great. I mean, we have Lydia and Tucker out there. All, we've got five people there going through Bible college now. And they're doing fantastic Austin is such a thinker, but it's so cool to see how God dropped this message on my heart. And most of you, you guys know I don't do series, and God gives me my message during the week, and then I prepare the message, all right? So it's totally Spirit-led. But then to see how God shows, shows these things to Austin, and he, he's, he's, he's writing those down and posting those down, it's really cool. But the thing that, the, the thing that I want you guys to see the most is that we're in a hard time in this world. And I'm not preaching death and destruction and condemnation and all that, but I think it's safe to say if you look at the chaos that's going on around the world right now, it's a hard time. That should show us the importance of going after the lost because there's people that are going down a path 
of nothing but death and destruction. And it's only going to be stopped by either you or I. Amen. Well, glory to God. I hope you got something out of that today. Let's pray.